Welcome to the show. In this one, I talk with motivational speaker and celebrity interviewer Preston Pollard. Preston grew up skateboarding in Anchorage, Alaska, and aided by the unwavering optimism he learned from family and loved ones, he pursued it in the same way he pursues everything, with curiosity and passion. Talk to him and he'll tell you that he's not great at a lot of things, including skateboarding, but the one thing he is really great at is being himself. He's tenacious optimistic, and devout, and he has a talent for connecting with people and motivating them to be better. He says that everything he's doing right now, he envisioned it. He thought about where he wanted to be, prayed about it, and doggedly pursued it. And in that pursuit, his dreams became a reality. He says that once you stay true to who you are, everything starts to open up. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of the Crude Magazine Patreon subscribers. If you already subscribed to the Crude Magazine Patreon, thank you. For those listeners who aren't, please consider subscribing at www.patreon.com slash crude magazine. That's patreon.com slash crude magazine. And pick the subscription tier that works for you. I want to thank everyone subscribed at the Company Man tier. These are the people who have subscribed to the Crude Patreon for $50 or more. Trina Duber, Seward Brewing Company, The Grind Coffee Shop in Juneau, Derek Adolph, Blue and Gold Board Shop, Sharon Liska, Alaska Surf Adventure, Aquila Space, and Northern Knives. Thank you to all the Patreon subscribers. Your money and your support make these conversations possible. You can also support this podcast with a one-time payment at buymeacoffee.com slash crude magazine. And if you have a chance to rate or review Crude Conversations on Apple Podcasts, please do. Okay, back to Preston Pollard. Preston is on a lifelong journey of inspiration, knowledge, and understanding. He reads constantly. In fact, among the many people he considers to be his mentors are both living and deceased authors, entrepreneurs, and faith leaders. To understand his motivation and faith, all you have to do is look on his bookshelf. He says that these people opened up the world to him. They taught him that there's more to life than the insulated worlds we generally create for ourselves. So here he is, Preston Pollard. (laughs) This red light right here, it means we're recording. Okay, fired up. Crude Conversations. Listen more than you talk. Go to work! First of all, just wanted to say congratulations on everything you've been doing. You've been doing Crude for, for many years now, and um, I've been doing great, but congratulations on all your interviews. I think you're almost at 100 or more. There's more episodes than 100, yeah. Jeez, man. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations on all that, because I know it takes a lot of hard work to do all this, so I'm proud of you, man. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. I mean, it means a lot coming from you because I know that um, kind of this independent hustle is is really difficult. Definitely, man. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of, you know, independent, I mean, uh, I mean, that's pretty much been my my story, you know, with everything that I've been doing Mm -hmm. being from Alaska, but always go back to 
you know, just growing up. And a lot of people don't know that, um, you know, we knew each other when we were kids. And I remember when uh, we would have, I would get to be able to sleep over at your place. And it was just, it was inspiring, man. You had that cool pad. I don't know if it was three floors. I don't know if y'all had an elevator. I remember it was just dope. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, just all those memories and and um, just 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 good vibes. But, but and I re also remember um, I got my first sponsor from uh, Jay, uh, Northern Border. So there's so many things that are just in my mind speaking with you, man. Yeah, dude, that's great. You know, I uh, I wrote this down, uh, and it's just kind of floating, but, you know, you're talking about how we knew each other when we were kids, and both of our moms sold makeup door-to-door. -door. You remember mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, man, I don't remember. I mean, we were babies, so, like, yeah, I don't, I don't man, remember gotta, either. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, all I know is we just got connected, and I think my dad used to work with you. My dad worked with your dad because your dad was an electrician, and I knew that. Uh, but and then I just knew that you know we just connected, and 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 then man, there's so many memories like clicking in, and I just remember seeing your one of your first ads when I went to Borderline in the Diamond Mall, and I saw you for World Industries, bro. Like that was truly <laughs> inspiring. And I think that what you know. I know we're going from a lot of different things from my knowing my mom to this, but I'm just thinking of the, all of these things. And but that, but that, but seeing your ad, I think you were the first first person that I knew that was in an ad. And that right there, when I saw that, I was like, "Yo, that's dope!" Right there, that 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 really inspired me. What's interesting about that is, I remember those ads, and I remember thinking like, the first one was cool. I mean, they were all cool, you know, don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but once you get one, it kind of puts the pressure on, right? Like, okay, now I need to do another one. Now I need to step it up this way. Uh -huh. Did you feel that way when you started getting ads, when you started kind of having this publicity? Oh man, you know, my story, like I said, is so different because I always tell people I was never the best skateboarder. Um, I, I was truly inspired by uh, Trevor Tangy. You got Adrian Williams, Angel Williams, mm -hmm. Michael Hollinger, uh, there's Jerry Smythe. The list goes on. So for me, I, you know, I was able to, uh, you know, learn from people that I saw that I was inspired by, but I just had fun with it. Really, it was just fun for me, mm -hmm. uh, and and I tried to be as creative as possible, just because I knew I wasn't doing the big stairs or big things like that. But you know, I worked hard and. Um, I, I had fun. Like I said, the last ad, Brian Adams took a photo of me like launching over this. Um, it was like between some, some, it was between like a, it was, I was in snow and I was skateboarding. Like I was jumping over some, some water, mm -hmm. you know, it was, but that was like my last kind of ad. It was many, many years ago, but I really just have fun. I didn't really think too much about the pressure. I always just thought that I really wanted to get out of Alaska. I wanted to do a little bit, something different growing up. I was diagnosed with ADHD. I was, uh in special ed classes people didn't really just understand my vision man it, it was uh it was, it was pretty difficult you know uh yeah but I, I i just i just kept going and and i'm super blessed to be where i am today you know you said that you felt like people didn't understand your vision i've heard you say that before what do you feel like your vision was well you know, as well, growing up in Alaska, there's oftentimes, you know, if you, if you have a, a lot of people don't understand a, sometimes big visions. And so for me, 
I, I had a vision of going pro. I had a vision of being sponsored. I had a vision of uh, doing modeling. I had a vision of, you know, just doing something just huge. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, just a lot of people just understand that. They would say, oh, you know, uh, he, his, his, his style's not the greatest or his, his, his shirt's too long or, you know, it's just different things that, that would come up in where it took many years. And then some of those same people that, that didn't understand me have came up to me and they said, Preston, man, wow, you really have stayed true to who you are mm-hmm. and, and we're, we're happy for you. And so, uh, and, and, and also my, my vision, the overall vision, I think why I've been able to stay if it's in skateboarding or whatever, uh, I'm a TV host now. It's because of my my love for 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 young people, for youth, and to just inspire. I think that's just everything that I do is all about that. I mm-hmm. really try to 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 help as many people as possible, and so that's just been my overall vision. And I always say God has just been connecting these interesting pieces. Once you stay true to who you are, and you just block out that noise, you put on your blinders everything starts to open up it's challenging it's hard you're gonna have days where man what am i doing people mm-hmm. don't understand me but as you stay with whatever you're called to do man it just gets really beautiful what's it been like when people who maybe had questions about or even doubted you know that vision that you had for yourself what's it like when they come back up to you and they applaud you know, your perseverance, man. I mean, it definitely, you know, it, it definitely feels good. And, um, you know, but like I said, again, you know, I've always, you know, whoever's listening, you know, when you have that vision, you have to be the first one to, to see it. So I've already in my mind, like my aunt always taught me to, to see everything before it happens. So I would kind of visualize these different things that I have for me in my life. And, and I always just try to be just nice to people, be kind to people. If they like me, they don't like me. It's all good. It's all love. I try to just listen. And, and if there's any way that I could share uh, anything that I've learned over my career or just, you know, but anyway, it just feels, it feels good. It feels warming. And, and I just ask them about their life. What, what, what have they been up to and, and applaud them too, because that's, that's life. We're all going through different things. Something that's really great about you is is how positive you are. And I think that in every situation that I've ever seen you in, you always seem to make the right decision. So, for example, um, the question that I just asked about mm-hmm. people that have doubted you in the past and, you know, now that you persevered and you have accomplished those things, you know, if I were to take that question... I know that my mind will mm-hmm. go in the direction of talking to those people like, you know, I, oh, I told you, I told you I could do this. And, mm-hmm. it, but the thing is, is mm-hmm. when those situations do occur, I'm never that person. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm that person in my head and I'm scared to be that person. But in reality, I'm never that person. Mm, so you're, you're saying it's hard to be like a positive person in a situation. Like you want to tell them like I did this or you want to, Kind of, I told you so. You feel like no, I don't want to do that. You know, oh, but oh, it's, you know, oh, oh. but it's my brain being like, you know, tell him. It's kind of like that, you know, the devil oh, on your shoulder. It's like, yeah, hey, yeah, 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 yeah tell yeah. him, tell him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we all have that. I mean, that like I said again, you know, people say, oh, Preston is positive person. Man, look, man, I get down, I get mad, I get frustrated, I cry. I'm human, mm-hmm. but I choose to, um, you know, from books that I've read, from my mentors, I give 
uh, huge, huge props to my family, my mom and dad, my grandpa, my mm -hmm. aunt Jean, all my mentors. And my, I still have a mentor now that I talk to every week that that they they help me become more of a person than I am today. So it's just kind of learning how to use your mind in a way that it's free to to grow and it's free to expand. Now, if I'm thinking in my head, oh, I told you so, I'm this and I'm that, then I it's kind of blocking me from other things that I'm trying to get to. So mm -hmm. I've always just tried my best to to uh, slow down, to really be humble, man. It just It doesn't matter what people think of success is or whatever it is, my whole thing is, is I'm just trying to be a blessing to others. I'm trying to encourage others. And I'm just trying to put out good seed, man. That's it. Just very simple stuff here. Mm -hmm. Put out good seed. And usually when you when you put out good, good comes back. And so that's that's all I've been trying to do. Stay out the way, put good in the world. That's it. Do you feel like you've always been like that? Or did you get to a point maybe in your youth or maybe as a maybe a young adult where you're like i don't want to be negative anymore or i don't i don't want these thoughts so i'm going to kind of fake it till i make it and then you do it long enough and it actually happens right 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 great question well for me i think it has a lot to do with how i was raised and i always go back to it's typically how we're raised how we're brought up and so my my dad have always been a positive person. He'll talk to people like that's how I started being curious and asking a lot of questions. He'd always be kind to people. So I think I picked up a lot of things from my aunt, my mom, my dad, and they've always been positive. So I kind of learned, I guess, from them that, OK, I can be negative all day. But what is the outcome of that? Mm -hmm. What is the outcome of always? talking like maybe nothing's going to happen in my life or you know you only can do that so much and then you look back and you're still at that same place so my whole thing was i can either talk negative and begin to manifest that or i could i can speak positive and manifest positivity like when i was in my room dreaming of being in magazines i would put magazines all around my room and i would see these professional skateboarders remember mm -hmm. i was not the best in my group i was not the best but i just saw it on my mind you know, I went to uh, Jay Liska, Northern Border, and told him about my vision. You know, he he looked at me and said, you know what, man, I'll give you a chance, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it, it goes with, um, I think, just, you know, choosing, making that choice to say, you know what, I want to change my life. I've also had people that I knew, you know, I watched them growing up. I saw the choices that they made. And I said, I don't want to go down that path. I want to change my life. And so I think it comes down to what you want for your life. Because right now, the the people that are listening in this moment, if they, they can change their life, you know, I can't do it for you. Nobody can do it, but only ourselves. And so I think we have to get uh, to that place. And it takes time, man. There's, like I said, I'm not a robotic person. I got feelings. I get hurt. I get down. But there's, there's ways that we can cleanse and through forgiveness, uh, through, like I said, giving to others, saying hello to people, connecting with people. It's all just in, in these small daily steps and these habits that we create within that really helps us, I think, later down the road. Mm -hmm. So we've already established that you grew up skateboarding in Anchorage. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me about how you got into that? Most definitely. So, so man, it starts, it starts back when a lot of my friends 
were into basketball, into football. And, and, and for me, that was, was, was cool, but I, I wasn't really great at those. And I was never wanted to be a follower. I always wanted to choose my own destiny. I wanted to create my own path. I don't know how I had this optimism or this tenacity or whatever you want to call it to do something different, but I always knew I wanted to do something different. And I remember I was at Chester Valley Elementary School and I, and I opened up a magazine and I saw Tony Hawk. It was an ad, it was a Got Milk ad. And that truly inspired me. He looked like he was having so much fun. And then after all that, I was hyper. I was just mm -hmm. looking outside of the window. I didn't even want to be sitting in class, you know? And then I remember after school, I saw a group of kids and it was like, there was, there was like, I think, I don't know if you know, Jeremy Lavender, there was a, mm -hmm. there was a, there was a guy named Grant. He had the killest hard flips and they had a group called ICC and there were just a group of kids skating. And, and at that moment I was like, you know, I want to, I want to try, try skateboarding. And then I ended up asking my dad for a skateboard and he gives me this Nash skateboard and, and, and then it kind of sparked something. And then I started to skateboard in my garage yeah, yeah. and it was, you know, just really, Again, having a vision, my sister didn't understand. She's like, what are you doing? Skating in your in the garage, it was wintertime. And I said, watch, I said, one day, skateboarding is gonna be super popular. And she was like, uh-huh, okay, okay. And and then I would run back to the YouTube and, and type in Stevie Williams, trans world, whatever, and mm -hmm. watch his part over and over again. And just kind of, just just try to mimic what other skaters would do to, to, to get better and better, practice as much as I could. And then I would, I would learn from people, go to Bimboki Skate Park, watch Trevor, watch Adrian, Micah, all these guys that were just truly phenomenal on that board. And then I would just, get, that's where I would get my inspiration from. And then I would try to go from there and then think, okay, they did this, okay, I'm gonna do something different and try to be creative. Mm -hmm. How would you describe yourself back then? Ah, oh, man, uh, a curious, uh, energetic, hyper, um, you know, just, just even wanted to fit in too. I wanted, wanted, wanted to fit in, uh, wanted to, to, to feel connected. Um, uh, that's how, I mean, that's how I, 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 but that's just me talking. Uh, uh, you might have to ask other people. They might have a better, it's usually people that, you know, like you or any others that have saw, noticed me when I was a kid, yeah. they probably have a better definition. Even Matt Wild, man, he's a, he's a great dude too. He saw me, we grew up, you know, doing a, a skating and a lot of stuff growing up. So I think I would describe you as a happy kid. You know, you were, mm. you were wide-eyed, you were excited to get into new things, excited to try new tricks. Um, and I think that that is probably the mark of someone who really appreciates like an activity or, or a sport, you know, you're, you're in it for the actual love of it, not, yeah. you know, for what it can get you or what it means as a status symbol. Yeah. Yeah. You know, being raised, like I said, my, my parents raised me to grow up in the church. So I had a different perspective. I've always appreciated life. I think I just appreciate life in general. I appreciate just the experience of life. And I'm talking about the experience of looking at the trees, looking at the moon, the stars, just being in this 
this this this this world mm -hmm. and also just appreciating people like skateboarding was was a tool to connect with people that's all it was it was just a tool and i used that tool to connect and listen to people and to, and to encourage and they encourage me and i think that's just the beauty i still feel like a big kid today i've i've been able to do what I've dreamed to do, but even now, even on a bigger scale. So it's like, I'm a big kid now, but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, the yeah. same is the same. I'm just, I'm excited because um, I just never stopped. And I never, I never, I mean, I got close to like really losing myself. And that was when I would, you know, hang out with, you know, I was smoking weed when I was a youngster. I was, remember the PIMP on my board. I, I do, was trying yeah. to find, you know what I'm saying? Trying to find myself and I was going off a little bit, but. You know, I, I did, I was at Wendell's skate camp and I remember this, this is really when everything shifted for me. Cause I was really, I was, there were, there was a path that I could have went left or right. And, uh, we were, I was a coach at Wendell's and I got it, got in a vehicle with some kids that had been drinking and we ended up getting in a car wreck. And I remember we hit a, uh, one of the, you know, a pole and my head went out the window. It was just crazy. And from that moment right there, it was like, whoa, you know, I could have really lost my life in the situation. I have a gift with people. I have a gift on my board, man. I know there's something more. And then, and then my aunt was the person that really sat me down and was like, you need to figure out something, but you know, what you're doing ain't it. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of, that kind of helped me a lot. And I always say, man, having those mentors, having those family members, or even if you people that are listening say, man, I don't have that. Well, you can also pick up a book. There's many books, there's many self-help books that 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 you can pick up to start reading mm -hmm. to say you know what i want to change my life because i want to tell you man there's there's so much more out there there's so much more like if you're in alaska right now and you're like man i'm just working on the slope or i'm just you know i'm not saying that's bad but i'm saying i'm just letting everybody know that there's that there's more i mean right now think about it cody you moved to colorado so now you're able to see a little bit more a little bit different different people different, you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so yeah. there's always an opportunity to expand don't you know, I'm always in trying to encourage people not to just box themselves in, you know, there's just, if you want to come back to where you're from, cool, but, but expand your thinking, expand your mind. And so that's what I think changed my life is my aunt and expanding my mind when I got to travel and come down to sunny California for my first time. Well, and I think that something very unique about Alaskans is that we are so transient, you know, and when we, mm -hmm. when we go to these places, when we move to these places, we export our culture, you know, in our, in our way of life and our mentality along with us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I did. You know, I just, uh, you know, from Alaska, where I'm born and raised and I kind of ran with that, you know, the, the image that I love, one of the, my favorite images of Brian Adams, he took this image of me in the snow. I am Alaska. I'm Alaskan. Mm -hmm. He made a book. I, I don't know why he used me on the cover, but I was like, what? <laughs> it's a great that photo. Yeah, thank you. But it was insane. You know why? Because typically when you think of Alaska, uh, you don't think of black people. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't think that way. And so he really took a risk to put me on that cover. And uh, I'm just truly blessed that he thought of me uh, for that. And uh, but yeah, some beautiful times, beautiful times. Over the years, you've been vocal about your experience being black and growing up in Alaska. Now that you're an adult, how do you look back and understand that experience? Yeah, I mean, growing up, I didn't really experience like racism, crazy racism a lot. I can't really remember any time I really felt like 
hardcore racism and i know racism exists it's like an undertone in alaska it's there mm -hmm. we all know it but i never really felt it it was only when one day i went into uh this mom and pops and uh, me and my friends were in there and this lady just kept looking at me every aisle i went to just looking at me looking at me she wouldn't look at my other friends but she just kept looking at me you know so it's things like that that that's when i maybe i felt a little bit but from there, I didn't, I didn't feel any type of racism. Now, when I moved to California, that was my first time I've ever experienced it because when I was driving down Hollywood Boulevard one night, I had a new new Toyota, new car, the tags were on it, but not the license plate. Mm -hmm. And as I was going down, I got stopped by some police officers. They pulled me over and, I, and, and, and growing up black, you already know what to do. Put both of those hands on that steering wheel. Don't do nothing, Cody, until they come up and they tell you what to do. That's just how it is. Okay. So he came up and he said, uh, the first thing he asked me, Cody, was where are the drugs? That's the first thing he asked you? That's the first question. I said, whoa, this is about to get intense. But I kept my cool. I said, sir. I said, I don't have no drugs. I said, look, I got I have my Bible like right there. Like I was like, I mean, I don't know if that meant anything. But he said, would you please step out of the vehicle again? That's not supposed to happen, but I said, okay, I just kind of, you just got to be cool. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he put me in handcuffs. He says, you know, we're going to, we're going to search your vehicle. And he put me in the police car, LAPD, hard plastic seats. I'm back there. I'm praying. I'm like, oh Jesus, like this is getting in. And I'm, I'm yeah. nervous. I wasn't crying or nothing, but I'm praying handcuffed in the back. It hurts my, you know, they, they put, they're putting the cuffs on tight. And so they're going through everything, rummaging through my trunk, you know, and I'm letting them know I'm from Alaska. Like, I don't even, but the, LA is different. The culture is different. But the police officer ended up coming back over to me just saying, thank you for being honest that you're from Alaska, but don't ever, ever come back to Hollywood again. And that was my invitation to California. How did that make you feel? Oh, man, you know, uh, scared, nervous, but you know it 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 it, did, it wasn't going to stop me from say rolling down to hollywood again but definitely you have that that sense of that anytime a cop pulls up a lot of people of color experience this where they get nervous your heart rate will start going mm -hmm. and you know it only it only helped i think it only helped because i started working at a youth center and it was for the sheriff's department where i actually got to connect with different police officers so that kind of helped me with that process, I guess that was kind of like my therapy because I was always like really nervous, like mm -hmm. you know, of 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 that of that situation. You know, it, it's still it's still there. People of color, they hear this, they know what what I'm talking about. It's am I saying all policemen are bad? No, we got great great people out there that are wonderful, but but they got those bad apples out there that maybe they're raised uh, prejudice and and they treat they do treat people of color a lot different then you know they they treat white people and it's just it's it's a lot going on in the world as you know george floyd and different things mm -hmm. and i'm hoping that uh you know as a nation that we just can uh c continue to really just uh unite as a whole and and um it's it's been many years like i said again but i think now i think the world is starting to wake up that there's so many things going on and uh, uh you know we all got to figure out a way to do things to make it better it's not just the top that has to do things, but we all have to kind of figure out ways that that we could, uh, you know, make sure that we're connecting, you know, all people we should be connecting. Did you do that intentionally, volunteer at a police station so you could understand <laughs> that perspective better? Well, it's, 
very, very deep story, but it goes back to when, you know, when I was, came out here to LA to be a skateboarder, I saw a lot of things, Cody. And what I mean by that is there was a lot of skateboarders that I, that I looked up to mm -hmm. that were sponsored, that were even, some of them were legends. But what happened was I saw them packing boxes in warehouses and I said, whoa, I said, this is, this is, uh, this ain't my life. I, I ain't going to be able, I ain't going to be doing this now. Mm -hmm. And so I had to, I had to figure out, I had to figure out a change, a little, a little change uh, strategically what I was going to do. So I thought, you know what? I, I think there's a way that I could get into some music videos, skateboarding and kind of grow, just have a different kind of, uh, uh, how can I say this? Uh, like branding perspective. I was thinking like branding, like getting my name out in a different way. And so I was in this music video. Her name was Allison Stoner. She was in the Disney channel and I was skateboarding randomly in, a, in this music video. And then I started to meet different people in the film business. There was a kid named Gabriel Bass who was in this movie called Super 8. I began as after meeting him, it's a long story, but I was his his personal assistant. And so I would be a driver to him and run around and be on set, JJ Abrams and just craziness. But what happened was I started to meet a lot of people in the business and fast forward in this story, I'm sitting in Burbank, California at the Walt, the, the family of the Walt Disney family. Hmm. And I remember there was a, a, a table and there was a lady eating at this table and I went up to get some food and we started talking about life. And, and at the end of the day, when I was in Walt Disney's, one of his family members homes, it was truly inspiring. I got to see Walt Disney with a, with a shovel in his hand. And he's, you know, you can see the dirt where it was before Disneyland was created. I got to just see a lot of things that opened up my mind, but this lady asked me what my dream was. And I said, my dream was definitely to, to continue to skateboard, but it was to inspire young teens. Mm -hmm. And that's when she said, would you be interested in serving and, and using your gift skateboarding and working at a youth center? And that's why I was like, sure, you know, I'd love to do that. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, I was like, well, where is it? Where is it? And she said, it's in Compton. And I was like, Compton. I was a little bit nervous when she said that, but you know, uh, I, I, that's where it was. So it was, it was for a foundation. It was a, were sheriffs, the, it was a sheriff's foundation. And that's kind of how that unfolded. And so everything, it was kind of like destiny in a line yeah there, there there there's also a video i know i'm talking a lot but we got an hour so it's all good <laughs> yeah no you're there, good there's also a video way back where I'm a, I'm a baby and it's on my instagram page but there was like a pastor that spoke over my life and was like you're gonna be in television don't forget me it's insane so there's a lot of things that kind of that that are destiny that that can't be explained there's also a video that's based that uh, a, a film director he did a story on me in Alaska called uh, They Said. And if you watch it on YouTube, at the end of it, I'm writing down Hollywood Boulevard. And so it's it's a lot of interesting pieces that are starting to be lined up. Mm -hmm. So but anyway, so I, I started serving at the Sheriff's Youth, Youth Foundation. And, and, and then after that, there were some other things that kind of changed my life as well. You know, I, I hope this isn't derailing this at all, but... I just wrote this down because I really wanted to go back to your upbringing in Alaska and how you said that you never really felt any racism right. within the, the scene, you know, the skateboard scene or even the snowboard scene. Because as an adult now, when I look back on all of that, like how we all grew up and I reflect on it, 
that that's how I see it mm-hmm. as this cosmopolitan of all different types of people, but we're all doing the same thing. So those differences literally just, they just melted away, you know, and we were looking at another person skateboarding or another person yeah. snowboarding and right. hearing you say that is really cool because it reinforces that because I'm very aware of, you know, my white privilege and I, I'm very aware that I have a different upbringing and a different kind of outward um, presentation to the world than you do now that I'm older and I'm more kind of self-aware. But mm-hmm. hearing you say what you did is encouraging because I'm like, okay, I wasn't blind back then, you know? I, I was actually seeing mm-hmm. it for what it was. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, definitely. You know, that's the beauty of of skateboarding. You know, back when we were, you know, I, I think it's the same now. Yeah, it is the same. That's what I love about skateboarding mm-hmm. is it's the fact that I don't even have to. I, I, this is what I love to this day. It's the same thing like when I say like as a black person, if if I'm walking and I pass a black person, I can give them a head nod and they give me a head nod back. I think that's one of the best things. It's so cool. I love doing that. <laughs> yeah. But the other the other best thing I love is if you have a skateboard and you and you you if you know you you skate you're a skater or whatnot and you see a bunch of other skaters, you can just roll up to them and y'all can just start skating. Mm-hmm. Like y'all best buddies. And then after that, they're like, oh, you want to go over here? You want to, you know, go to 7-Eleven? And it's like, that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's about a board and some wheels and you're out having fun. You're trying to be creative. That's it. It's real simple. Yeah. And that's what I loved about it. It didn't matter about if you're rich, if you're poor. It was just, let's skate. And uh, it was, it's real and it's authentic and it's raw. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, what drew me to it. So let's talk about your motivational speaking for a second. Okay. How do you prepare for a speech? Oh, uh, good, good question. You know, uh, you know, it took me a while. I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm still learning to be a, a better, better speaker, but you know, it's an outline of, you know, your intro, the body, the, 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 you know, the ending, how you want to wrap it up to the conclusion. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's more about your, your being authentic to whatever it is that you're, that you're communicating, being vulnerable with who you're speaking to being real being, I think that's why I, I, when I'm speaking to people, I'm just, I'm not shouting crazy. I'm just, just talking but they can relate because we all go through things. So I think that's kind of what has, what has helped me. You know, I've also have a, a team of people as well. So they'll also give me ideas. I take, I take ideas from, you know, people that surround me. I don't do everything myself. I have a whole, you know, a team of people before I do anything so they can help me build it. Cause man, there's a lot of things that I just don't know how to do. And uh, forming speeches is like really, really one of them. So I have people that I'll have a, a, a you know, an outline that say, okay, we'll put your story here. Okay, well, then you need to have your points here, have three points, and mm-hmm. then you want to bring it in. You know what I'm saying? So it's more like that. But again, it's, it's beyond, behind all that. It's, it's your passion behind everything you're talking about. So if you're trying to inspire people, you ain't even inspired yourself about it people are going to start yawning Mm -hmm. but if you come on there hyped and energetic and you really just want to share your story to help others then it's going to come out great it's good so and if if anybody's listening that even wants to speak maybe they are nervous i started speaking and the first people i spoke in front of because i was scared i spoke in front of some some kindergartners okay so (laughs) i i started from the bottom everything that i did was from the bottom because i did not have enough confidence in myself 
like I said before, special ed classes, never went to college. You know, I just, you know, learn from, from doing. So sometimes you got to put some of that credentials back in your back pocket and say, you know what, I'm going to go and try this thing. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it my all without who cares what people think of me. I'm going to go out and go for it. Mm -hmm. Do you have anybody you draw inspiration from? Definitely. Uh, you know, first it's God, you know, I, and then, and then I have my family, I have my aunt, you got Oprah, you got Dale Carnegie, you got uh, Steve Harvey, you got Kevin Hart, you got, I'm reading a book right now, uh, it's, it's, it's the coach, his name is John Wooden. Oh man, so I draw, so many people feel Nike. I got, uh, there's, there's a pastor that I love, Miles Monroe. I can go on and on. <laughs> Tony Robbins. I, I mean, uh, uh, who else I got in my room? I got so many books around here. I just keep, I surround myself with books, but mm -hmm. there's so many people that I surround myself with. And I think one of the things that I love about myself is that what I, what I, what I can do, and it's really interesting is that I can take different things from people and I could, and I can insert those in my life, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that, that it's, that's a, that's a, that's a, a powerful superpower that I developed. Like I can see something in somebody and say, okay, well, I want to practice that. Like, you know, they're good at that, man. Wow. I, maybe I can practice that. Maybe I can learn that. And I think, um, that's really has what helped has, what has helped me overall is saying, uh, um, cause when I was younger, I didn't really like reading a lot, but as I got older and a guy recommended this book called how to win friends and influence people that, that how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. Mm -hmm. And, and he, he, he said, uh, he said, read this book and I read it and it changed my life. And then I said, wow, I have not only family as mentors, but I have a whole collection of books that they can be my mentors. And then he also gave me another quote And this quote. I, I've been speaking this quote for since I can remember and it's, and it has stayed true to this day. It's been one of the most powerful quotes and it goes, it's just so simple. It's just show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And that quote alone changed my whole perspective on, on what I'm doing in my life. I started to view, view people in my life differently, where I'm trying to go to, where I'm headed. And it really transformed everything. That book, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. I read that. I read that last year. And okay. one thing that, that stood out to me, um, you know, I highlighted stuff throughout the entire book, but one yeah. thing that stood out to me in the same way that I'm sure things stood out to you is I don't remember it verbatim, but it amounts to, it's never about you. There you you know, if, if somebody is angry or, um, annoyed, you know, say a, a coworker, chances are 99 times out of a hundred, it is not about you. Mm -hmm. The only reason, you know, and I'm kind of adding to it now, but the only reason that we think it's because of us is because we're generally pretty selfish and self-centered, right? So when we mm -hmm. see somebody acting out, especially when it's within our circle, we're like, oh, it must have been because of something I did. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading that passage and it was so liberating. It wasn't immediately liberating. It was only liberating after the fact because it just, for some reason, stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yep, you're right. And there's another one of the four agreements. I don't know if you read that one. That one's a life changer too. And so what, what, it, what it did for me, like I'm sure it did for you, 
it, it it's taken us out of our ego, out of just us. Mm-hmm. And the, what I got from it is, as well as just like remembering people's names and, and just acknowledging people, seeing people, asking questions about people, all of those little things, those things that we love. Now he's now the book was like, you know, do that to other people. Mm-hmm. And, and that that as well will attract people towards you. You ain't doing it not for no prideful reason, but, you know, just just getting getting out of our ego and and really just trying to discover things about others. I think that's another thing that's made my life even better. Like every day I get excited to meet people like, yo, I had a conversation just like two weeks ago with a Satanist, bro. Like what? Like it was epic. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I was sitting down reading a book. It was like, it was about love. Mm-hmm. And, a, and, a, and a guy walked over to me with this, the 666 shirt on. And my, and my prideful ego wanted to, when he started talking to me, you know, in my head, it's like, it, 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 I didn't do it, but obviously at first you want to, you know, you want to try to correct somebody, but I just let the guy talk about his experience. I let him speak. And he asked me what my book was about. I said, it's about love. And he said, wow. He said, right now I'm kind of going through a period where I'm trying to discover that. He said, I'm a Satanist and different things. And I'm just listening to him, Cody. Mm-hmm. And, um, but at the end of the day, I didn't judge him. I didn't nothing. I was just peaceful to the guy. And after he said, you know what? He says, this is what I wanted. I just really wanted a conversation. And he was after that, it was just beautiful, bro. It was like, it was great. So that was one story of just how important it is to listen and just, you know, get out of our ego. And then another one, I, I talked, ended up talking to a Jewish guy at the, um, at, at, at the grocery store and, and in LA, sometimes you have, there's some, uh, 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 people uh, in the Jewish community and, and it happened to me where sometimes they don't, maybe they don't acknowledge you and different. So I was always had this thing of, I didn't know why that was. And so a, a, I had an opportunity to connect with a Jewish guy and he began to to explain to me the culture of, it, of, of how, you know, being a Jewish was. And he told me that for him, he didn't grow up Jewish. So um, he, 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 you know, he's half black and half white or what, something like that. Yeah. Half black, half white. So he explained to me the difference. And then he just started to, to, to break down, um, in, in general, how he lives his life. And it's about kindness. And he was giving me metaphors, like based off of when you look at a tree, if you, if you imagine, you know, you're taking an apple off the tree and you bite it, if it's, if it's sweet, more likely you're going to come back. Or if it's sour, if you're kind of an angry person, most likely you know, you're not going to come back. So he just said that he wants to do his best to model his life of kindness. And we had this dope conversation. And after the conversation, Cody, I was like, you know what? I was like, you know, I, you know, as I grew up Christian, you're Jewish, but I said, yo, this is what it's all about. It's really all about love. Mm-hmm. And he said, before you leave, I want you to take this with you. I was like, well, he's like, he's like, you know, you, you have Muslims, Christians, and all the other religions he was going over, but he's like, before all that, what was there? And I paused and he was like, God, you know what I mean? With all that, there's all this confusion and war and fighting and everything. But at the end of the day, if we can just be kind to one another, if we can just look into each other's eyes, you know, as we, you know, we, we, you know, oftentimes, you know, if you go down Beverly Hills, you'll see all these nice cars and everybody's staring at, oh my God, look at that, look at that car. Or we're seeing these, whatever it is, materialistic things. But I often wonder, what if we can look at every person like that? Why can't we? Why do we look at stars and all or do, or look at the sunset and all, but we don't look at people in all? 
Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? So, so for me, I try to, to do that with every person that I see. I try to look at them like beautiful. Like, I don't care where you are in life. You're special. If you're on this earth, if, if, you know, whatever, you are awesome. You're special. You're gifted. There's something you're here for a reason. So mm -hmm. I've always tried to, to live my life that way. And it may, it, it makes it better for me. Well, and I think that that perspective comes from interacting with people and also reading. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's, I've had a, a blessed life, man. Like I, I, the experiences have been incredible, like super incredible. Like, but my, even my girlfriend always say like, you know, even when you're, when you're eating something, a sandwich, you make everything like, I gotta have it. I gotta, you know, but <laughs> that's what she always says. She's like, what is it? I want to try that apple, but I just, you know, I, I, I really, I I'm inspired to, to hear people's stories, to be curious. You know, uh, uh, many years, this is another story that a lot of people don't know, but there was a, in like 2014, you know, trans world, they had this article of, they said in the article, uh, Brad Pitt has a, has a, a, a skate ramp, a skate park in his backyard. I wish I was able to skateboard there in the back of my mind. Nobody knew this, but for like five years, I was that kid that was at their house being a skate coach to Brad Pitt's kids. And, you know, you know, it was, it was, it was beautiful, not just because they're celebrity, but just because that they're people. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if I'm in Compton with kids skateboarding, being a, a coach to them, or if I'm helping a celebrity's kid learn how to skateboard, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that you give love and you stay true to who you are. And as you do that, doors, miracles, and I almost say destiny, things will just start to really uh, happen in your life. Mm -hmm. We were talking about ego earlier mm -hmm. and something that popped into my head was you talking to youth, you doing motivational speeches and presentations to youth. How do you get them out of their ego or maybe push them in a direction where they can get themselves out of their ego? Yeah, great question. I mean, I, I think for me, is being just being authentic with them. And obviously the skateboarding connects them, celebrities and athletes, they love that. But I think it's just me being authentic and sharing my story. I, I don't have the power to change people, Cody. I, I can't do that. But what what I what I do, and I think taking this from Tupac is just trying to spark something in their mind. You know, whatever that is, whatever that is in a, in a young person. I remember getting to speak at Hanshu and sharing my story and years later, I seen one of the kids, he was working at Channel 2, and I also interned at Channel 2 back in the day as well, but he, I didn't recognize him, but he recognized me and he said, you know, just one sentence of what you said changed the course of my life. And look, I'm here at Channel 2 working. He was like, I don't know if he's a film operator, whatever. It, it, it shook me. I was like, wow. So That's great. And you don't, it, it, yeah, and the thing is, though, you don't got to be no motivational speaker to do any of this. You can just, just you know, in, encourage somebody in your local area, mm -hmm. you know, to say, Hey, you should try this instead of bringing somebody down. You can say, you should, you know, I tried this in my life. It wasn't positive. Hey, how about try this? And I think that's what I, what I, what I do my best to do is share my story, share my experiences, share what helped, what didn't. And typically the teens that have fallen have come back and say, man, uh, I should have, uh, uh, listened at that time, but you know, it's life. You got to go through your own experience. So mm -hmm. I'm learning as well as, is that we're all on our own journey. Like I, I learn from watching other people, but sometimes people learn going through their own things, what they got to go through. So it depends 
where they're at in life. But eventually, when they hit rock bottom, when they hit that that bottom of that bottom, they're going to have to make a decision. And ultimately, that's when a lot of people start thinking about, you know what, I need to make a change. So for me, unfortunately, I mean, I guess my rock bottom was that car accident for me. But everybody has a place in their life where they can make a, 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 a change in their life. But it, it starts within. It has to start from within. And, and, and the person has to really, really want this. They have to mm -hmm. want it so bad that they have to be willing to go through a period of being alone, not having a lot of friends. You know, I went through a period of not having a lot of friends and and nobody under, remember nobody understanding me and and all that stuff. But as you you go through that period, eventually you're going to start meeting people that have a similar vision or or just have a vision of of what they want to do in life and then you start to connect with those people and then they encourage you and then now you got this whole team of people who are just pushing you forward, literally, you know, um, I have a friend, his name is Chad. And every Sunday, usually we go to the beach and we'll pray and we'll just come up with ideas. We'll come up with whatever it is. We'll, we'll just encourage one another. And so you don't really need to have a ton of friends. You know, you can just have one good friend and that's a blessing. Yeah. So I always just say, you know, try to so do your best to surround yourself with people who will inspire you and also inspire you to be more than you are now and i think that's what again changed my life that people are like you know preston no do you can do better you could do this i'm like okay i'll try this you know so yeah yeah it's, it's cool was there a point in your life where you realized that your perspective could help someone else uh i, I you know it was my aunt that 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 helped me with that my parents but it had to be my aunt that reminded me of that. I, I was a kid, you know, so well, I don't know about speaking and doing none of this, but she reminded me that I had, that I had some superpowers within me. Now, everybody who's listening has superpowers. We're all born with a gift. Mm -hmm. We're all born with something so special, but we just haven't, you know, when we're kids, we do it. We do, we, we do something a lot and we're curious and we're, we're, we're touching things. We're looking at things. Oh, wow. Look at that. And then when we get older, somehow the world just tries to knock that out of our hand. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, oh, don't, oh, don't think about that. Oh, do this. They try to box you into this tunnel. Yeah. And, 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 and really it's not how we're supposed to, we're not created that way, but my aunt was that person to say, hey, you have a gift in, in communicating or you have a gift with people. And then she said, do it all. And, and, and that helped me because at first I just wanted to be a skateboarder, but then it all started to click for me when I was going to school at KCC. I had a, even had a class with uh, Daniel Escobedo mm -hmm. in a, at a KCC. It was like a broadcasting class. And, and when I saw people being able to speak and do interviews and to make a living, I said, people can make a career from talking. I said, wow. But the only thing was I didn't want to do it the normal way. I didn't want to interview people from the news standpoint. I said, man, I want to interview some of the biggest, anybody really. But I said, I want, it came to a point where I was, my, my, my worlds was starting to be around, you know, celebrities and different athletes. And so I said, you know, I've always had these conversations with them. You know, why not put those on, on screen or on audio so people can understand that it doesn't matter if you're rich, if you don't got nothing, we're all human and we all go through the same stuff. So you've gotten the opportunity to interview people like Marf Mark Ruffalo, who played the Hulk in the Marvel movies, and more recently, Bradley Constant from the show Young Rock. Yeah. How have you gotten those interviews? 
Well, the first, the first thing I want everybody to, to hear it real, real clear. G O D. Now, now the reason I say that is because I don't got no agent. I don't got no publicist. It's, 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 it's really, it's been relationships with people. And, and what a lot of people don't know is when I was working at <laughs> Brad Pitt's house, I actually met Anthony Russo, the director from Avengers. And he, and, and then, so he asked me what my vision was. And it's kind of, like I said, it's in pieces, but he, he opened that door for me. Anthony Russo opened that door. He said, I love your vision of interviewing people to uh, inspire teens. And I want to help you do that. And so I had to wait about a year. And then I remember flying down to Atlanta and, and I, I go to Pinewood studios. I brought my dad. I said, dad, I want to show you this. I want to, I want to open your eyes up too. I want you to see this. And so we went down there, had my whole, my whole team of filmers and, and we got there and, uh, I had to wait a little bit and, and the actors, all, everybody showed up and it was such a beautiful moment. And the reason I say that is because it didn't just start there. It started years ago when I started interning at channel two, it started when, uh, I was a, I was a host for seven years at TBN. And then it started when, when I was, I was growing up, I didn't see a lot of African-American television hosts. Mm -hmm. And so there is about two or three, but there just, there just wasn't. And so that always sparked something in me where I was like, I want to do that. I want to, I want it. So, but it, it was really difficult getting in and the opportunities weren't showing up. So I said, I'm going to make my own way. I'm going to make my own opportunity. I'm going to build something. And so I interviewed my friend, Boo Boo Stewart from Twilight six years ago just independent still to this day i'm independent what you the interview with bradley constant that's going to drop in a couple of weeks that's all independent and so um it's 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 beautiful so anyway so okay jump to avengers so i'm sitting there and mark ruffalo all these people come through and again i saw visualize i visualized everything before it happened and and it went beautiful you know i was nervous at all i was really nervous but the thing was, uh, I interviewed Karen Gillan, Denai, uh, and 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 there were everybody was just so genuine and opened up about their life and their story. And even Mark Ruffalo, there was the, the that was one of my favorites because when I was working at a youth center, there was a kid named Tommy who had been bullied, and his favorite character was the Hulk. So once I knew that, I began to 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 ask Mark Ruffalo. I said, Hey, I know, I know a, a kid named Tommy. He was getting bullied. And anyway, small story short, Mark Ruffalo had a chance to look into the screen and tell Tommy, Hey man, don't, you know, don't let bullying sweat you. I've been bullied before, you know, just gave him some encouraging words. And what happened yeah. was I showed Tommy that interview and tears just started coming down his face. And at that moment I said, this is what I'm going to be doing the rest of my life. I'm going to interview some of the biggest celebrities and I'm going to use uh, uh, this channel to where we're going to inspire people all around the world. And, and it's, it's been, it's been beautiful. It's been really just, just the energy. I can't explain it. Like I'm still on a high from that Bradley constant interview because you know, when you watch the interview, that's the first time I've ever met the dude. So the, the, the way that we connected the, the stories that he shared is God. That's all I can tell you mm -hmm. the way it just, and I'm sure you have that same experience when you're interviewing people, there's just an energy to it where you're like, you're just thankful. You're saying, thank you just for this opportunity, just to sit here, listen. And, um, and I, and I love it and I'm passionate about it. And, and I just, that's just kind of, um, what I'm, what I'm excited to do it and the future where all this is going.
Yeah, I uh, I completely agree. I have that that feeling every single time that I do a conversation, every single time that I meet someone for the first time, you know, remotely, just like this. You know, mm-hmm. we're sitting here with microphones in front of our faces, just kind of talking to each other like it's a phone call. But right. you know, there are these like almost indistinguishable moments that are literally just feelings, you know, where Mm -hmm. things are said and you're recognizing that someone is like really opening up and allowing you to be a part of this really special place. And Mm -hmm. there's nothing but gratitude, you know, on my end where I'm like, right. Thank you. Right. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. That's all you can really say. And so that's what I always open my interview. Just like, thank you. Even thank you for doing this. You know, there's always, there's something special about it. And, and for people listening, you don't have to have a podcast to get this same feeling. You can talk to random people like, you know, Cody and I do the same thing. It's just, it's just being open and just communicating. I don't know if you're at the grocery store, just saying hello to mm-hmm. the cashier, just, just little things that, that really connects us. So it's, it's been beautiful, Cody. So you've mentioned a few times how you weren't or aren't good or great at a number of things. One was skateboarding, and then you had mentioned basketball. Do you feel like you are good at something, though? Uh, even, even TV hosts, and I'll say I w- I'm not the greatest at that, but what I am the greatest at is being myself. So I'm the greatest at being me. And so even with my interviews, you're going to see me stutter. You're going to see me hit bottles and it's knocking over. But I'm myself. And I, you know, I, there's... There's so many things that that I'm working on, you know, but communication and listening to people, and I got a lot to learn. I'm I'm, I'm still, you know, 32, you know, not like an old man now. But but I but I always but I always say though the the things that separates Preston is that I'm a go getter. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of people have talent, but they don't want to go and get it. You see what I'm saying? That's that's that piece that separates. So. When I, when I wanted to be sponsored, I didn't just talk it. I walked myself in the store, talked to Jay, and we made it happen by God's grace. You know, when I ended up leaving the, the team, I called Jay and told him, I was like, man, I'm going to go ride for Scott's company. He wasn't really happy with it, but that's integrity. And I called him and I told him I was leaving. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. um, those are just some of the things, you know, uh, for me is just being a go-getter everything i was turned down so many times for being in magazines trans world oh you're not good enough da, da, da. i was like okay i'm about to do something and boom in another ad so i i just the same way with my my uh my skateboard uh w- when i came out with my own skateboard a lot of people were happy with that cody because what happened was there was a, there was there was a, a company i don't want to mention no names but they were going to introduce my pro model board but there were some some things that happened where um, it just kept getting delayed and delayed. And so I had this crazy tenacity where I was just like, you know what? I'm about to release my own board. And I know it sounds super arrogant to do that. It sounds stupid. <laughs> it just it sounds crazy, right? I know it does, but I didn't look at it like that. I just looked at it like, you know, Brian shot this dope image and a lot of people love the image. So I'm going to put this on a board. Mm-hmm. And really I, I got to, you know, put out the boards. They sold out and, um, it was a, another beautiful experience. But what I'm saying is everything that I did, I just did it. I didn't think about, oh, if I do this, people aren't going to like me. I don't care what people think about me. 
at the end of the day, if I feel that it can go and be of good, I'm going to do it. And like I said, the majority of the time, at first, people don't get it. But then five years later, they're going to say, oh, I get what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's just the whole thing. People say, you know, well, now you're interviewing celebrities. Oh, oh you, you think you're big time now or whatever. I'm like, look, man, I'm the same skateboarder Preston. I just talk to different people. It's just conversation. It ain't nothing. And they go, oh, that's... That's how you really are. I say, yeah, I'm just, you know, they're just people, you know, it's all, you know, uh, we're all, we're all people. And so, um, that's, that's the only thing that, that, that gets, that gets hard is when, as you are climbing this ladder, I always say at first they, they dish you, then they applaud you. Then they stay silent and watch you. And that's the story of people who have big visions. That's just how it goes. But you, whoever's listening, if you have that big vision of, I don't care what it is, you have to just keep going and know why you're doing it. For me, it's for people, it's for helping people. And I think that's how I've been able to stay grounded on this, on this road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That trajectory is, is always so interesting. You know, as long as you, you persevere and you keep kind of your nose to the grindstone and you have this own image of yourself, even though, you know, we all doubt ourselves right like we're, we're going to be yeah. pursuing the thing but you know we don't know if it's going to pan out and exactly. chances are you're going to end up in a much different place than you thought you were going to end up right right uh you just hit it spot on and there's times when i'm scared like i'm still scared i'm still nervous every interview I, i'm nervous like but i use it in a positive way to where i can that's my gifting though i'm born with the gift of you know, being optimistic or, you know, having this, um, charismatic, whatever that's, that's something I was born with, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm still scared, you know, uh, for sure, you know, uh, but you just have to go for, it. you know, when I got to talk to James Gray, he's a director, uh, from man, well, I can't, can't I can't remember, his, but he just did the last film with, with Brad Pitt. It was a space movie. Why well, I can't remember the name, uh, at Astra. Yeah. At Astra. Yeah. So I interviewed him and he gave me that advice when he was talking to a, a film director. Cause he was like, you know, and he was just wanting to be this filmmaker and the director, he was this old film director, but he was really big, big back then. All he told James Gray was to do it. Mm -hmm. And James Gray was like, huh? Like, that's all you can give me. But after thinking about it, that's just what it is. Yeah. You, you have to, to, to just start small and do it. And as you start small and do it and multiply it and start small in the, in step after step, then it's going to lead to something. But see, in the generation that we're in, we want it microwave hot. We don't want to work for it. We just want to, you know, we just want to get it. And so that's why I want to reiterate my my story is that it's taking me years and years to get to this place. A lot of rejections, a lot of people don't, you know, don't understand. Still to this day, some people don't understand what I'm doing. So, but you have to see it and you have to go for it. And I can guarantee you years later, you'll, you'll, you'll definitely, uh, you'll, you'll definitely um, be, you know, excited and, and people will congratulate you, but don't just do it for that reason. Do it because you have a vision for it, but it, it gets better as you stay with whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime anybody will listen, um, I also work with youth. So anytime that it is relevant to bring up, I always preach the idea of small goals because mm -hmm. it's something that I learned myself through doing the magazine crude when I was still making a physical magazine. And so mm -hmm. when I would sit back and I would think about a whole magazine, 
whether it's 96 mm. pages or the last issue was 208 pages, if, if you sit there and you think about the end product for too long, right. you seize up and you can't yeah. do it. So what I, right. what I started doing was I started making lists. I'm a big, big list person. And I will even write a thing down that I have recently finished just so I can cross it out, just mm. so I can like have it on that list. But going back to the magazine, what I started doing was small goals, which was this week I will only work on the forward. You know, I will, mm. I will contact say Josh boots wrote the forward mm -hmm. for issue three. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to text Josh, see where he's, he is on that article, see if he needs any help, see if, you know, what right. I can do to assist him in accomplishing that. And then after that right. week, you know, he's set up. And then I can yes. move on to the next thing. So I finished that one small goal. Now the next week is the next small goal. And then yes. after, you know, six months, you got to have a whole magazine. 100% what you said. I hope everybody listening, that was straight bars. That's fire. And the reason why I say that, <laughs> yeah, the reason why I say that, because that's, that's what I live by. I don't look at the mountaintop. I just look, you know, of course I had the mountaintop is in my vision. I can see it, but I always start with just a simple step. So that could be calling a publicist, that can be trying to get a hold of an actor, if it's mm -hmm. an interviewer, whatever whatever it is, you really do have to, to start small. And as you stay consistent, always stay consistent. A lot of people, they wanna, if stuff don't seem like it's moving, they wanna quit. Well, see, if you just keep doing that over and over, what do you got? You got nothing. So, but if you just start building and building and building and building, then man, you're gonna come out with something so special, so great, and you're gonna appreciate it just mm -hmm. that much more. Like a lot of people don't know, like I was, I, there was another like many years ago. There was a, another like production that that was like um, I, I signed contracts and everything. And, and anyway, small story short, they promised me all sorts of money, and that we did a contract, and I did a couple of things for them. And I went to the bank, Cody, and there was no money in that bank. Like mm -hmm. there was a lot of stuff that people just don't know. But see. You know, as you stay with it and just don't get jaded by what other people are doing and you just have a vision for what you want to do, then it, it gets beautiful on the other side. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So whoever's listening, there is sunshine down the road. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So don't, don't, don't stop. Don't give up. Stay with it. Uh, if you even have to listen to this interview again, listen to it uh, because I know whoever's listening, there is something so great inside of you. And, and uh, I'm excited to, to see, you know, who's the next, whoever's doing something out of Alaska. I'm excited to see it. So looking back at everything you've accomplished, how important is it to put yourself in situations of opportunity and then also to be prepared for those situations when they present themselves? Right, right. Definitely. Well, I always, I'm very strategic about, you know, positioning myself for opportunity. So you know, if I want to be a celebrity interviewer, I couldn't just, or, or being a sponsored skateboarder, I couldn't stay in Alaska. So I had to position myself in a melting pot, whether it would be opportunity or same with celebrity, uh, same with if, wh whoever I'm trying to meet. I mean, there was, there was times when I would just read a book at the Beverly Hotel, just sitting down and just, just chilling, reading, meeting people. And it, it just, you have to always be in a place that you want to be as much as you can. And, and preparation is key, you know, before every interview, before every trick that was done, there's been a lot of hours 
that's put into it. You might see it and go, oh man, it looks like he did that flawless. Nah, I was getting up at five. I get up at 5 a.m. Like you got to get up. You got to wake up. You got to, you know, I, 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 I speak positive words. You know, it could be, I am love. I am confident. You know, I am great, whatever it is. Or I like to say, I am healthy. I am wealthy. I'm good. Just keep repeating these words over and over to yourself. Uh, uh, you know, getting your mind right for the day, saying thank you. You know, today's a great day. Whatever it is, you have to 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 start it. Start out well, and then prepare, prepare, prepare. Uh, because there was a time where I did an interview with a celebrity, and I didn't prepare my best, and I didn't do so well, and I felt so down on myself. But my dad was like, "I bet you ain't gonna do that again." Yeah. So yeah. you see what I'm saying? Like I I just felt down. Like I didn't study enough. You know, and now I study hard, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because you don't want to miss a moment and, 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 and just, so there's a lot of things, but preparation and, and definitely positioning yourself and also watching people. So watch whoever it is you look up to, watch them, watch their life, watch how they are, watch their character, watch their integrity, watch how they treat people they don't need. Mm -hmm. And what, and, and what I say by that is because more than likely if, you watching this person and or you hanging out with this person they ain't doing nothing too good with themselves more than likely you might not be doing something so good in your life too so i'm not saying don't hang out with them ever but i'm just saying just just you know really be careful because uh you know you really do become who you consistently hang out with i also believe in appreciating failure because mm -hmm. if you use it correctly if you let it continue to sit with you to remind you not to do that thing again it can be one of the best tools you will ever encounter mm -hmm. yeah that's man you dropping another bar there's a there's a book by john maxwell called fail forward i hope everybody gets this book too it was awesome and it just like you said it reminds people to you gotta fail but fail forward. What can you learn? Ask yourself, what can I learn from this situation? What is this situation trying to teach me? Instead of getting bitter and angry and all. But if once you sit down and think about that, you say, okay, well, I, I, I mean, really failure, it's not really failure until you just don't ever do it again, really. Because think about Michael Jordan. And, you know, he didn't make it to his basketball team. There were so many things that you could have looked at Michael's, how he started and say, oh, he's a failure. But Michael Jordan said, nah, I'm going to practice even, I'm going to be at the gym. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get better and better. And then you got MJ, you know, yeah. same with uh, The Rock, how his story was. He wanted to be a football player. That was his dream, you know, after WWE, you know, and then he didn't make it. But the thing, the thing was he didn't stop. He had seven bucks in his pocket, in his, in his, in his bank, but he didn't let that deter him from what was next. So whoever's listening, I also want to remind you what you're going through, maybe you might have your last $7. Maybe there's something that really just is discouraging you. Well, I want to remind you that there's more. And so just why that's why I read these, these stories so I can remind myself that this is not the end of the road. There's no end to this. There's, there's a way around. There's another door. And so I always just keep a lookout for that next door. Okay, so I know that this conversation has all been inspirational. But what do you think about ending this conversation with something motivational, maybe something inspiring that you would end one of your presentations or speeches on? Oh, man. Uh, oh, well, I could just give a little a little, a little small gym. Uh, I recently went on a on a on a road trip 
with my family. And I don't know if any of you have ever been on a, a road trip with, with your family, but I, I love me some road trips. And, and me and my family, we went to the Redwoods in California and it was one of the most beautiful places. I mean, you're talking about some of the tallest trees in the world. And as I was with my dad and he got out the car and we were, we were walking through the woods, there was a, a, a pole where you can read about the tree. And what struck me, my dad was like, come here, come here, come here. But what struck me about these trees was that it said on this, on uh, the, the board that I was reading, that the way the tree is pretty much born is through fire, through fire. So there has to be a fire that starts and then the seed opens up and then through years and years and years, obviously the tree, the, the tree will grow super, super tall. But what struck me was a fire has to start right there. That 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 hit me. So I want to remind you, forever is listening. There there could be something in your life. Maybe there's a. It, it seems hard. It's it's it seems like man, it's a fire. It's it's just something. But I want to let that spark something in you. Spark that something in you to go further, deep dive into yourself, go within, learn something new about yourself. But not let that stop you because for for me, you know, um, there was a lot of fires and a lot of things that were were there to kind of stop me. But I didn't let that stop me. So I want to just encourage you to use everything that's trying to come against you to use that to inspire you to push forward. You can support local grassroots journalism at www.patreon.com slash crude magazine. You can also support this podcast with a one-time payment at buymeacoffee.com slash crude magazine. Crude Conversations is written, hosted, and produced by me, Cody Liska, for Crude Magazine. Music was produced by Alcoda Beats.